In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Surprise. Have you had any epiphanies lately? Any sudden surprises? Any unexpected gifts, awards, promotions? How about fresh insights, new friends, or personal successes? On January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany, were you surprised that out of nowhere, three wise men from the East came and brought gifts, valuable gifts, to a penniless baby lying in the manger? And wise men who had the smarts and the courage to sneak away from the evil King Herod after enriching the baby Jesus. Who knew that wise men would show up for Jesus? How unexpected, how surprising. Last Sunday when we had the first Sunday after the Epiphany, were you surprised when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And we ought not overlook the surprising voice from heaven. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Let us hope to resonate with that blessing ourselves, individually and collectively. Our epiphany season is and will be one surprise after another. On the Feast of Epiphany 10 days ago, and on last Sunday, eight days ago, we had biblical accounts that specifically shared epiphanies with us. And our gospel today continues that important biblical message. This time, however, our scripture has John the baptizer testify that he saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on Jesus. John also testifies that Jesus is the Lamb of God and the Son of God as well. Not only is Jesus singled out for personal honor, he is set apart spiritually to serve people near and far, and that includes us. Now, epiphanies are unexpected occurrences that seem to spontaneously take place and either enlighten our understanding about something or someone. Epiphanies also clarify and declare unexpected truths. These epiphany stories are meant to heighten our awareness of the spiritual occurrences that show up in our lives unexpectedly over and over again. But they are obvious to us only if we are alert to receive them. We have had three stories so far in the Epiphany season, and the center of each one of them is Jesus. Jesus the baby, Jesus the beloved, with whom God is well pleased, and Jesus who walks among the locals and is said to be the rabbi and the Messiah. 
Rabbi, of course, is a teacher, a leader, and a religious scholar. Messiah, however, is a bit more complex. The word Messiah has a long and rich heritage of chrism, that is, anointing someone with oil. We have multiple stories in the Bible about anointing with oil. There are many, many accounts in the Old Testament. As one example, the prophet Samuel anointed both the first kings of Israel, Saul and David, and made them as the king in God's eyes. A quick research check on the Old Testament anointing shows it was very, very common. So then to become set aside as a royal person or promoted personally by God as a king, prophet, or wise person, you need to have at least a pint or more of oil poured on your head. What is interesting and relevant within the New Testament times, however, the time of Jesus, is that the Hebrew vocabulary for the Hebrew word mashiach, anointing with oil, has taken on a new and different meaning. So in the book of John we read, we have found the Messiah. The term now Messiah means the one who saves others from pain or death. And while the beginning of the gospel stories start well, they will end in sorrow, pain, and death. And hence a savior or son of God will be needed to save and make things correct again. So instead of uplifting a king, a priest, a prince, a holy one with holy oil, we must turn to a person of spiritual power who can save others, who can save us. That person is Jesus. Leaving that aside, our gospel for today moves into a more human set of connections. When two of John's disciples start following Jesus, he asks them, what are you looking for? In response, they answer and ask, where are you staying? Jesus responds, come and see. So they came and saw. They spent a major portion of the day with Jesus and in the afternoon it became four o'clock. It is at this point that we learn that Andrew, Peter's brother, is listening to Jesus and becoming a disciple of Jesus. After Andrew brings Peter to meet with Jesus, Jesus gives Peter a new name, Cephas. That is in English, a rock. Of course, this leads to Jesus saying later, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. My dear friends, Jesus is asking you and me, what are you looking for? Hopefully not a reed shaking in the wind. Are we looking for a better life, more security, or even diversions of one sort or another? Is it possible we have overlooked epiphanies that have been right in front of us? With the love of Jesus surrounding us, let us keep ourselves open to the many opportunities 
that answer these questions by asking Jesus to keep me ready to step up to justice in our world, to bind the wounds of those in pain, and to bring peace and happiness to those in need. The next great question, where are you staying? Could it be that it is so easy for us to surround ourselves with continuous movements, with relentless thoughts and reflections that we keep safe within ourselves, our personal isolated shell? We instead should hunger and thirst after the ability to remain in spaces and places that bring out the best in us. We are the disciples and the friends of the Lord, our Son, the Son of God. And finally, we receive a major invitation from Jesus. Come and see. The proof is in the pudding. We need to go where Jesus is. We need to hold his hand. We need to live his stories about loving everyone no matter what forgiving others, even though it hurts, lifting up one another's arms in order to persevere through critical and challenging moments, rejoicing with Jesus over one lost soul. We need to become the feet, the hands, and the mind of Jesus as we actively care for one another and those near and far. Let us go forth into the world, rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Amen.